Hello and welcome to Far From Fear, the podcast that explores the intersection of cancer and thought wellness. I'm your host, Jen Farr. Thanks for joining me on this journey. On today's episode, I've invited Joanna to reveal her cancer story. I'm grateful for her willingness to share in this space. So welcome. This is my friend, Joanna. I'm so honored that she wanted to come on. Joanna and I have known each other for a few years now, but we started our relationship through the peer counseling program that I decided to volunteer with through our Canadian Cancer Society. So Joanna and I had a few calls together, which was limited, but we decided to keep in touch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We broke the rules, didn't we? (laughs) We did, yes. Yeah. Just tell me a little bit about your story and we'll go from there. Sure. It was September 2018. I went for a mammogram and, or sorry, it was actually an ultrasound. So I'd had a breast exam with my nurse practitioner and she said it might be a good idea just to, it feels kind of like one of your breasts might be a little bit up. She called it ropey. And uh, it might be a good idea to get it checked. And she's like, yeah, but you know, it's, it's probably no big deal. And then I thought about it and I thought, okay, yes, I'll probably should just do it. So I went for an ultrasound September and they discovered what they thought was cancer and I needed to go for a biopsy, did all the tests and it turned out it was, I had a a mastectomy in November in 2018. So my right breast and I still have my left breast. So, yeah. Yeah. So how did that, I mean, obviously it's just sort of remembering kind of some of the things that we talked about because it happened for you fairly quickly, kind of similar to my initial journey as well. The sort of the being kind of rushed through the Mm -hmm. system and obviously that it was great that you're, you're taken care of so quickly, but I think there's this feeling of, holy cow, now what? Because you feel abandoned. Once all the tests are done, your surgery is done, you're going through your recovery. And, and and yeah, so walk me through how that felt for you. Yeah, it did. I mean, part of me was happy in that I didn't have to do any additional treatment. They thought I would have to do tamoxifen and some other things. And it, because it was only, it was super early stage, but it did feel like I kind of went back to my quote unquote normal life. You know, like I just... But it was still kind of in the background, like, well, how do I adjust to this? And I don't, to a certain extent, I don't know if I've completely done that, because there are times when, especially when I have to go and get an ultrasound or a mammogram from my other breast, all that kind of stuff comes up again. I don't know if you fully heal completely from that kind of scenario. It gets easier. I think in hindsight, if I were to look back, I probably would have slowed things down and maybe mm-hmm. taking some more time off from work and just really tried to process things. But part of you also just wants to, like part of me just wanted to get it over and done with. Mm-hmm. But now in hindsight, I would have probably done things a little bit, just slowed things down and just yeah. tried to integrate what had got, what I had gone through. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's just so many people that echo that same sentiment, sentiment with sentiment, sentiment, not sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> sentiment uh, with the, the slowing down and having a chance to process what you've gone through because you go into crisis mode or survival mm-hmm. and you just want to get her done as I was saying it's um, actually referred to that in my book it's one of the whole sections in the chapter is, is get her done mode and that is how it feels because you just you're facing this and it, it's just okay well I, I guess I have to go through this now so you don't really have the opportunity to say well hold on a second <laughs> 
let's think about this a little longer and let's figure this out. I think part of the aftercare is also just equally as important to acknowledge and to speak about in, in terms of how our mental health goes and how we continue forward. And like you said, even the, the triggers that come up mm-hmm. when, and how often do you go for your mammograms and your checkups and stuff like that? Yeah. So mammograms are uh, once a year and now ultrasounds are every uh, six months. So from my understanding is that it's a good idea to do ultrasounds if you have a breast end. So it's good to do those. So I do those every six months. Yeah. Things were like the first five months is like, okay, good. Everything feels like a relief. And then the kind of the up and coming weeks before you have to do something, it starts the emotional kind of roller coaster of going through the uncertainty, I think. For sure. And then walk me through, you had like a a specific implant with with the removal of your one breast? No, I didn't do anything actually. So at the time they gave me the choice, but they had recommended that I wait with reconstruction. And then I had issues. I had a hematoma and so forth. And so I just kept prolonging it because I just didn't want to do another surgery and so forth. And then I just was like, you know what? I'm okay being flat. That choice works for me for now. Maybe down the road it will change. But And that's the other thing too, when you're going through, especially with breast cancer, they want you to make that decision pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. that can be hard too, because you're already trying to figure out, okay, I'm dealing with cancer now. I have to make the choice of doing all these other things. I opted out and it's been four years. I, I don't know if I would do anything at this point. I've come to accept my body as it is, I guess. Right, right. Well, that's, and that's wonderful. You have come now to terms with that and you've come to peace with that. Were there any emotions in the beginning stages of when you revealed your scars to yourself and how, if you can recall some of those feelings that you went through initially when you saw yourself for the first time? It was difficult in the beginning. My surgeon did an amazing job. Uh, She just did a very beautiful job. I was feeling quite grateful for that that it looked as good as it did. So I think that helped too. You know, I've seen and heard that sometimes surgeries, they don't always look so great or the surgeon doesn't really know what they're doing necessarily as as well as they could. I can't remember. There's this particular word for this type of surgeon, the surgery that she had done on me. So I think that helped a lot. And just in general, I think over time, it's become easier. I joke, I I say to my husband in the beginning, I'm the one-breasted beauty. (laughs) I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) I think sometimes having a a bit of a humorous touch to it, obviously cancer is really not humorous, but to get through it and to navigate the what ifs and all of the things that you go through and your body changes and all of those kinds of things. I think having a component of humor does really help. I used to say the reason I decided on a double mastectomy because girls don't like to be apart. (laughs) My girls anyway. So it was kind of a bit of a joke in that aspect, but you just process what you have to process at the time. Right. And I think so many people that would resonate with that for sure. On that note, I remember during that period, my husband and I decided we were just going to watch comedies and really just to lift my spirit up just to make sure that I was feeling as good as I could be during that time and that I think helped too. Mindset is is really important I think. One of the things that I, I, I continue to speak to is the importance of an elevated of your mindset and working through to thought wellness. In terms of sharing with family and friends and stuff like that 
How did that go? I think overall it went quite well. My husband's always been very supportive and we just decided to do our own research. We looked into diet, change of diet, a bunch of stuff. So that was great. It was harder with my family, partially because I think they wanted the best for me, obviously. And they were like, maybe we should go to a different city. Maybe you should be going to th for this type of treatment and look into this type of treatment in other countries and so forth. But I think it scattered me because I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should. You, you do feel a little flustered during that time because mm -hmm. you're trying to understand what's happening and then also trying to figure out what is the best treatment. And now in hindsight, I had the best treatment. I'm really impressed with the Ottawa hospital in terms of what they provide. The surgeons were great. The nurses are great. Everybody was great. Even when I went in for the surgery, I just felt so calm and peaceful because I knew I was in great hands. Okay. We're very lucky that way, I think. We are. Um, I think we forget. I agree. I think we're very fortunate in terms of the cancer center here and all of the, the various medical professionals. But yeah, you raise a good point, though, about the scatteredness with family and friends offering all of these because it's out of love. And mm -hmm. I love that you highlighted that and the importance of being able to set boundaries, you know, with loved ones and being able to stay. I really appreciate that you're saying all this with love, but really this is a decision that I have to make for my body and for my overall health. And I feel like I need to not hear all of the different options and all of that kind of stuff, because like you said, it can really, really toss somebody in their mind. And then it also can spark additional emotions and fears about those other scenarios and those other mm -hmm. what ifs, right? And so then recover your own intuition and go with your gut kind of thing is really key. But unfortunately, some of what many of us deal with is this level of vulnerability where we don't know how to advocate for ourselves in that time. So this is really why I think a big part of why I'm doing this too, is to help others in those more vulnerable times, hear everybody else's stories like yourself, especially as you're stronger in that post cancer world, but acknowledging that we still have these sort of triggers that come up and we can still be vulnerable. We can, so we're human, right? We'll go through that because I think that's key for everybody at any stage of, of what they're going through. I had to, when I told some people, I just decided I wasn't going to tell everybody. I chose the people because there were some people I could sense, like I had told and I, I kind of regretted it because I felt like I was feeling even more vulnerable. And yeah. so you do have to, I, I feel like it's a good thing. People come from a, like a good hearted place, but they themselves don't necessarily know how to navigate that conversation. And in fact, they can sometimes, like in some cases, they scared me even more. So I was like, right. okay. I don't want to have that conversation. I told a couple of colleagues at work, but I didn't tell everybody. And I'm glad that I did because you end up having to, I felt like I had to explain myself sometimes. And good for you because again, that's boundary setting, right? So you know for yourself who you feel your network is and who are the ones that would support you best because ultimately you're the one that's going through this, not them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so whatever stories they're telling or whatever opinions they have, and again, like you said, yes, sure, it's from a good heart. But I, I think the importance of you know speaking to to more individuals and that it's okay to say, no, I need you to just be here for me or make me food. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's really interesting because I actually did have one individual come to me 
as a caregiver. So that was very unique. It was her mother going through lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And she sort of asked, how could she support her mother best? And I was very honored by that because it gave me the opportunity to coach her in, in the best ways that I remember wanting to receive help or support, but that also that she was aware of the sensitivity and the vulnerability of where her mom was at and that she wanted to, to find out what was the best way to support her without crossing boundaries, without scaring her even more and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's really important um, when people are trying to support you, letting them know and, and setting those boundaries for other people that are going through different phases that it's okay to say, no, I need to be alone today, or I need to not respond to you today or to, to several people today. I agree. It's very important. Mm-hmm. I th- I still think like I find, I look back at it and obviously I think I would have slowed down that process, but I also am glad I went through it. I mean, it's changed me to who I am today and I'm grateful for, I remember it being a shock, like it probably is for a lot of people, but then you, it also, you you have to face your mortality. You're like, okay, I'm not going to necessarily live to a hundred, maybe, maybe right. 99, but not a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 99 and a half. <laughs> Yeah. And so it, it it gives you an opportunity to kind of also evaluate um, your life and, you know, what you want out of your life. I remember watching a video somebody had sent to me and said that cancer is a gift. And I can see that now for me, um, that it was an opportunity. I think it's kind of an ongoing process, but yeah. um, to ask yourself, you know, before it's too late, what do you want yeah. out of your life? Super valuable. I love how you say that. You're right. I think we all kind of go through this like shock and maybe even anger phase. And I mean, well, they say the five stages of grief or what have you, but so we all go through that because it's just, it's human. But when you can look at it as this is not happening to me, this is happening for me, Mm. your whole entire mindset makeup shifts. And then it becomes about how can I support others in their journeys? I've, I've even heard stories of, of individuals who their prognosis was not ideal, but they outlived their prognosis by several years, just simply due to mindset. Do you feel that you went through some of the, the feelings of anger and, and why me? And before you were able to kind of transition to that, actually, I'm really grateful this happened because I'm, I'm a better version of me now. But, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I remember feeling when you pass the state of shock. Yeah. I think there was lots of feelings of anger and what, why is this happening to me kind of thing. I didn't eat enough kale. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for sure, it, I think I went through all and then it, it became sadness and grief. Also the mourning with losing your breast and dealing with that. And so there was, there's, you go through a millions of emotions and then there's a, obviously the fear that you go through. And, and I think that's all like, yeah, I think you have to, like you have to go through all of those things, even if yeah. it feels uncomfortable sometimes to have to be in the anger and be in the fear and the frustration. And it's part of the journey. It is part of the journey. That's so true. We're so conditioned to punish ourselves when we're angry 
for something or we're angry at ourselves for something. So then we punish ourselves and we feel guilty. It's almost as if it's this rabbit hole of negativity because we're like, ah, why did I get angry at myself for that? Oh, now I'm angry because I'm angry. (laughs) And it just becomes 10 times worse as opposed to saying, I acknowledge I'm pretty pissed off at this situation right now, actually. And I'm really, I'm not okay with this. And feeling those feelings and acknowledging that those are real feelings, they're valid, but it's the moving forward from that as opposed to remaining in that kind of yuck, but you're still acknowledging them. You're still recognizing that those are valid feelings and you have to, like you said, move through them to process, right? Did you go through those similar emotions? Was there a lot of anger and... Oh my gosh, yeah. I certainly remember being what... The actual F. <laughs> How is this even feasible for me? I was young. I think I was 36, 35. And I remember thinking there's just, there was no history. So where it was very left field that this came about. And, but what I think happened was I went through like a survival mode, crisis mode, let's get her done. It was more the after I would say where I struggled the most and I became angry more so after mm. and it was kind of at that point in be actually in between the two cancer journeys because as you know it came back in in 2016 as a metastasized version but i remember thinking why do i feel this way why can't i just go back to where i where how i was why can't i just be normal again and It took me a very long time to recognize that this was a new normal and I wasn't going to go back to who I was. It's the same thing. We talked about this actually at lunch the other day was how COVID has changed so many people. It's Mm. changed so many ways that we approach our work-life balance now because it really was a wake-up call for a lot of people. People lost people. It, It was a crisis. It was a global crisis, right? I would kind of equate it to going through a crisis like that, but we went through it on a global level. So more people are starting to acknowledge and and wake up to recognizing that, oh, I can't go back to the way things were Mm -hmm. um, because I'm forever changed. So I either embrace that new normal or I get stuck. And then I feel because I can't move forward. So I think the biggest thing is for people to begin to unravel what that new normal looks like and and invite that new version of yourself in Mm -hmm. and how we do that. How do do we welcome that person? How do we acknowledge that this person's knocking on the door and saying, hey, I'm actually not here to hurt you. I'm here to, to, to guide you and support you and show you a better version of yourself. But a lot of people, like I know myself, I was very afraid of that. I thought, no, you're going to take away everything from me. You're going to take away all the things I like doing. (laughs) And it was so not the case. It's just some weird stories that we tell ourselves. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is, Is if we acknowledge that we've gone through this for a reason and we can support and lift one another up in those situations and empower each other to elevate our ways of thinking and the ways of operating in our day-to-day because it is a new normal and it and you are forever changed. So the way that you decide to acknowledge that or move 
to that and move towards that is is really truly key for ongoing recovery mental health specifically yeah and i think that's that's why connecting with you while i was going through that is so helpful because you do i felt like i was on my this journey on my own none of my friends were going through something similar to that and while they were supported they didn't really understand that so connecting with you and knowing oh there are all these other people around who have gone through this and are like doing well and they've become that new version that you're talking about mm-hmm. and being a saying that life can be okay after that as, a, as well which is right. super helpful because it can feel like a kind of a lonely journey otherwise yeah for sure and we all go through a different version of that journey and I hear what you're saying I remember thinking even before I was at the position where I felt ready to start doing some sort of limited peer counseling, I was still quite not there. And I remember thinking, oh, how am I showing up for these people if I'm not even there myself? And and then I remember thinking, but that's part of it. That's the authenticity, right? It's the showing up despite today being not a good day or I've had a trigger because I have I have this upcoming appointment and that's real and that's true and that's valid because we can't be we can't be a high vibe tribe all the time but that's the human experience right yeah how we show up for one another authentically and in that energy right so no matter where we're at we're we're showing up right where that, yeah. that person's at or right where we're at together is where the power is yeah and I think it's actually easier to connect with somebody who is going through their own journey and being authentic about it because otherwise it might feel like a little unrealistic if you're talking to somebody who just seems like everything is a-okay right right no it's true I think that's the thing is continuing to show up in whatever energy and whatever capacity you're feeling like in that day because that's the realness right that's who you are how we are uh, as human beings, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So even when we're doing the mindset work and we're moving through things in a more positive mindset, we're still going to go through those days and not to punish ourselves when we have those days, but to acknowledge that it's still a process. It's still a journey. No matter how far removed you are from the cancer itself, it's still always an ongoing journey. Yeah. And I think the thing is, I think more and more people can relate because it seems like there's a lot of different types of cancers and people are experiencing. Now, the thing too is, and I think that's the, when I got the diagnosis, you think, okay, it's super dire, right? In some cases, obviously it's prognosis, it's late and, and so forth. But for a lot of people, they live with cancer. It's in remission. It can be mm-hmm. remission for 20 years. They have a thriving life. I think that's the thing we have to remember too, is that each person is different where they're at. Some people will have it removed through surgery. Some people will live with it. It it just varies, right? With cancer. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the, the beauty of it. We're all on our own paths, but at the same point, we're a collective people living the uh, human experience and going through this. And the whole point of being able to show up for one another is that's the comforting aspect. Because I know for myself, I had a peer counselor who I, I'm still in touch with. And, and same thing, she really did help me in a lot of ways to point out, did you really want to go through that energy? 
to you, Ron, I think you and I may have spoke about the fact that I struggled with the insurance company at the time that I was in between my two cancers and had taken time off mentally mm-hmm. and kept having to fight, feeling harassed and such. But I was in such a angry state because I remember feeling so bullied. And I remember her saying to me, but what type of energy do you want to live your life with? Do you want to live in this energy of anger constantly? Do you need to be that way? And I said, well, some days I need to be that way. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that's fair. (laughs) But do you want to live in that daily or your remaining days? And I said, no, I don't. I I don't want to be like this. This is not my normal. This is not my character. So it caused me to think about really what, what mattered most to yeah. me at that time. And so it, it removed me from that feeling. My joy from that is like fueled the passion of wanting to advocate for other people. <laughs> How dare that ever happen again <laughs> for other people to make sure that they don't feel bullied in a very vulnerable state, but it's, it's fueling it in, in a more positive way. I'm so grateful, first of all, of how we met and our relationship and how it's evolved over over the years. And I'm so grateful for you coming on the show to the the show. It sounds weird (laughs) to say the show. Clearly my first podcast. (laughs) Such a newbie. But I so appreciate it because honestly, it's been an honor. I've gone through some emotions myself, hearing all the stories again, right? And and remembering what it's like to move through those things. I just think at the same point, it's also this feeling of knowing that I'm helping other people to feel that they can reveal their stories and they can find healing through that, right? And through part of that journey. Um, So again, I just wanted to thank you. And I think we'll just leave that there for now today. We'll stop the recording. That concludes today's episode. A big thank you to my guest, Joanna, for revealing her story and showing up for all of you in this space. Consider visiting farfromfear-coaching.com to subscribe to my website. And remember, you're not alone on this cancer journey, and there's healing in revealing.